Nathan, what did you make of Claude's joining us on the show? That was uh, a great interview. That was a, you know, that was just an absolute pleasure to have a chat to Claude's and um, and get his insight into the game internationally, but also locally, more importantly. Yeah, absolutely fantastic and a pleasure to have Claude's on the program. And uh, we look to have him on again in the future. And I hope all the backpackers out there enjoyed it as well. Claude's um, had some good thoughts on Australian football and overseas and echoing some of the thoughts that we've shared on previous Ooh. pods as well regarding MLS and expansion and all yeah. sorts of things. So it's good for good for continuity of the show, perhaps. Yeah, but it's fascinating to see that people are actually, people that are involved in the game locally are actually seeing these ideas and actually seeing that, you know, they're, they're looking to the USA and they're looking to what's going on in Europe. And, you know, everybody is thinking about the game. And that's why I maintain that I think that we're at a point where the game is, the people that follow the game are mature enough to have the conversation to say, yep, yeah, we realize that, hey, and I w- would have liked to have asked Claude, and I'll, I'll ask him next time, uh, all going well, that, you know, we are mature enough to have the conversation to say, look, we realize we're not, not going to be the best league or have the best league in the world here. And we are a development league, but just go out and support it and actually, you know, and be and have your marketing geared towards or your communication, not necessarily marketing, but communication through your socials and, and have the honest conversation and say, yeah, look, Get out and support the game. We know we're not the best league, but just make the experience and the engagement so relevant and relative to what it is that we're doing that you've got no choice but to actually go to the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is so much there to watch as a game. And yeah. the last daily game I was at was the MacArthur Brisbane game. Yeah. Down at Campbelltown a, a week and a half ago now. Mm. And an incredible match of football. Yeah. And we had a last minute winner. We had a late red card. MacArthur two goals up. Brisbane came back to make a two all. And it's just even games like last weekend where we had the Perth Glory Western Sydney game. It's amazing viewing. And look, we're not here. We're not paid by the A League or anything like that, no, like right. that to big it up. But yes, obviously the football may not be at the same pace or the same quality as you watch every week in the Premier League. But it doesn't have to be. That's not the point. It often gets banded around. A little bit tongue in cheek, but not all tongue in cheek. That the A League is the best league in the world. And part of that is, as I say, tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek, a bit jovial. Mm. But really, the entertainment value of the A League is really there, and people use it as yeah. a stick to beat it with. But no, there is real value there, real value. We, we've got to. The only thing that we need to really do is address this part of the Euro snobbery aspect of it, if I can put it that way, right? And there are ways to actually do that, but we just got to go. Like the clubs, in particular at the A League level, need to go out and actually say. Look, these are the stars of the future. And look, engage. You've got to get engagement at the ground. You know, you've got to get engagement at the ground level. You really do. Park football is where the strength is in as far as numbers are concerned. Yes, it might be, you know, it might involve a lot of dollars or resources, but that's where the wealth of the game is. It's in park football. And you've got to keep them, keep whoever comes in at six. So the mini ruse now, that age, under fives to under eights, Got to get them involved and engaged with these MPL clubs, and and the MP, it's on the onus is on the MPL clubs to actually reach out to these clubs as well in park football and realise that it's you know it's their pipeline of players going into the national second division as well. It's their pipeline that they they've got to engage with. The thing is, even so, if you look at kids in single digits that are playing football, getting them involved in the game, you're not really going to see a return on that individual level for a decade still to come whether they are footballs by that time or whether they come to the game themselves, potentially with their mates. I think there's a much more short-term solution that can really help the game 
in 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 the near future, and it is coming off the back of what I see as the game's greatest asset, which is the supporter base. Mm. We compare the A League, maybe not in its current state, where maybe we go back to where it was a decade ago. Mm. There was a real point of difference with the A League. Yes, there was with the fan culture. One hundred percent. You compare it to the AFL, you compare it to the NRL, you compare it to any other sport in the country, but it does not compare. But Nathan, now, that died, and I wish Claude was still on. Actually, that died. That died when the administrators of the game at the time, yeah, okay. sold, yeah. you know, like that died when the administrators of the game at the time decided to throw everyone under the bus. Yeah, and that's because they wanted to get potentially more casual support, more family support in. And yes, we can point to a specific articles by specific people, but that's potentially a catalyst rather than the actual mindset. It was wanting to get more casual people into the gates and deal with that external pressure that the game was facing. Now, I think the game now, if the same thing would have happened, would stand on its own two feet and say, no, this is where we are. This is who we are. We like this. We want this. Now, yes, it may have been stamped out half a decade ago, but that's a long time. It's a lo- it's an even longer time in football. Things move very quickly and you need to get those people back into the ground. And yes, we want families. Yes, we want under sixes, whatever age it is, coming through the system to come to A-League games. But a lot of those support. things will take care of them. Yes, sorry, yeah. we want active support. And a lot of those things do tend to take care of themselves if you get the active support right. Now, I think because the demographics of people who want to get involved in active support are 16 to 25-year-olds. Uh-huh. Generally speaking, if you run a survey 10 years ago, you went through the RBB, the vast majority of them are 16 to 25-year-olds. They're the people you've got to get back in the ground because if they come back and they're there creating a noise, creating an atmosphere, the rest of it in terms of the fan support, the fan attendance, the fan ratings on TV, that they all tend to fall back into place. So you need to get those people back into the ground. Good point. Good so point. Uh-huh. The way I see it, how you get, how do you get those people back into the ground? My idea is such. If you have someone, but let's widen the bracket a little bit, mm. 14 to 30, mm-hmm. if you're registered to play mm. at any level in the game, you should get a discount on a membership in that specific bay. Get those people back in. Make it worth their while. Make it financially incentive, a financial incentive to come into the grounds. Matt, as a, as we've made uh, no secret of the fact that I'm, I'm a lot older than what you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what causes for that matter. But with regard to that aspect and that age group that you, you, you're saying, I remember going to NSL games and I was of that age group, 18, and we would actually make a, and not necessarily being the active support, but we would actually make an effort to go as a group, go and, you know, go out afterwards. And it was just part of our, part of our day or part of our night. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, you have a couple of bevs. Yeah. Do... And, and, and that's not happening now. Yeah. No, it's not. And, there needs to be an, a new push, I think, because I don't see this enough. I don't see enough specific targeting for that demographic, that those young adult people to come into the grounds and create that sort of atmosphere. I don't see that marketing whatsoever. Yeah. And I see a lot of social media marketing, which is perhaps a demographic younger, and I see some for the for the slightly older demographic as well. I don't see anything specifically tailored for 16 to 25s. And there's an opportunity there for these MPL clubs and the burgeoning, you know, or the the clubs that wish to participate in the NSD to try and attract these age groups to their grounds and actually start building that following from now. Do it from now. Don't wait. Do it from now and actually try and attract people into the into your um in, into your grounds and, and actually get the experience happening. Because the reason the Parramatta Stadium got rebuilt 
is because of the RBB. Uh, 100%. Specifically the RBB. Yes, Western Sydney. Yes, the Wanderers. But it's specifically the RBB. 100%. And nobody. And I remember Old Parramatta was full pretty much week in, week out. Yep. Because of the RBB. Yep. And when they took a game to Campbelltown, and you saw a great crowd as well. And there's not enough of it. There's not enough fan culture at all that we see. And Claude's mentioned in the interview that in the MLS, you have that fan culture ready mm-hmm. to go day one for an expansion club. So what when they did- Canberra come in, when all can come in, yep. do we think there's going to be a massive active support behind the goal ready to go? I have skepticisms on whether it is going to be the case, and I would love to see it. But also, the clubs don't help themselves. No. I point to my early club, MacArthur. What happened with the bullpen in their first season is a disgrace. Mm. They were initially going to be set up behind the goal, mm-hmm. as they should be, and they inexplicably moved them around to the near side, the near side, under the cameras, so they're not on the live broadcast. Yeah, doesn't make sense. And into a more expensive bay. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And that is part of the reason why the Bulls crowds are so low, because it looks as though no one's there when you watch on, on TV. And they killed the experience. Absolutely. Yeah, and now I go to Bulls experience. games, and look, I'm not calling out the bullpen here whatsoever. No, call them out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it's a small group. No, yeah, we're it's calling out group. the It's not we're, their fault, but I'm yeah. calling out the like I'm calling out the club. Yeah, 100%. And the strategy is just completely wrong for mine. Yeah. And as I say, if you sort out that demographic, you sort out plenty of other issues with the crowds. Great to have your online strategy. Great to have all that, all your metrics in place. Fantastic. And like we said, I mean, keep up is just a, I hate to say it, but it it appears to be a more enhanced version of what the world game was. And that's it, right? That's all it is. I'm sorry. How many times do you go to the keep up website? I don't 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 anymore. I don't. I used to have it and I could barely tell. I rarely go onto it. The only time I ever went there was if there was a link to a story mm. that caught the interest. Mm. I would never go there for updates. I'd never go there to see, oh, what's Inst- happened in Australian football this Insta- week. Yeah, Instagram. Or, never. You know, Instagram is where I'm, you know, yeah. where, where I would follow it from. And that's it. It's Alex subreddit for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a much better use of mm. uh, a much simpler way to go and find the stories. And uh, the fact that they spend so much money on the website and the app. Yes, they might generate some good content, particularly the A legal access. Oh, look, the A legal access is brilliant. Let's, you know, mm. credit where credit is due. Yes, right, absolutely. A legal access is recommended viewing. I, I think it's brilliant. Oh, more of it. Yep, one hundred percent. More of it. it, it There's not it, enough of it. No, there isn't. There isn't enough of it. There needs to, be, you know, that's the kind of thing that will actually get people engaged with, the, you know, with with the teams and the game, and you know, the more, you know. All power to them, and and the more of that there is, the better off you know the um, the A League is. Also, we we've been mentioning on this particular episode, there's so many content creators that want to talk mm. about the game. 100%. Everyone's got their thoughts on Australian football. Everyone's got their ideas on how we can make it better, who we can look at, where we can improve. Bring it into the stable mm. where you can feature some of these creators on official platforms. Have a podcast on the Keep Up channel on the website, whatever. I'm not saying our podcast, no, but just anybody. Have it on a rotation. Have it on a mm. bit of a roster. Mm. Bring people in to give their ideas on the game because everyone's got great ideas, and some of them may be far fetched, some of them may be mm. unrealistic. But the discussion is good for the good for the game, regardless of what it is, for the most part. And no one's really out here ranting and raving and calling for heads all the time. No, when you're creating content, there's not no, really right. too many people that are doing that. Everyone's constructive for the most part. So bring that on, bring that in house, showcase that on more wider platforms because people like Claude's mm. podcast, 
they've got their following. Yep. And there's not going to be too many of them that don't also follow the A-League. Mm. But I'm sure there's a certain percentage of them that watch the Born Off, watch and listen to the Born Off side mm. podcast mm. more than A-League matches. Yeah. Oh, I've got no doubt over the, you know, over the course of a week. Absolutely. And we all want the game to succeed. We all want to see the game succeed. It doesn't have to be the number one sport in the country, right? But we do want to make football better. And actually, and football itself, our teams, our national teams compete on the world stage, you know, at a high exactly. level. And and that's what we want, right? So You no, can point yeah. to a time, maybe around the same time period, a decade ago, where you could say with some confidence that the A-League was the number two sport in each of the major markets. Yeah, I think that's fair. Because in Sydney, you had NRL number one. 100%. A-League number two, Melbourne AFL number one. Mm. And you could go around the country and... Oh, yeah, around about that 2014 time, perhaps, the A-League was, I would say, number two in every major market. And look, I think if you get too hung up on numbers and ratings and crowd figures, then you do go down a rabbit hole and, we have of, and it is self-perpetuating mm. and a resulting in a negative view of the game. Mm. I think it is worthwhile every now and then just to step back and just enjoy what's on show and not worry about implications and, oh, geez, there's not many people here today. Agree. Don't worry about that every once in a while. Agree. I just enjoy the football because that's what we that's what we all want to do. Yeah, agree. And look, I th- I think we need to foster an environment where the football can be enjoyed and the experience is enjoyable for everybody that's uh, watching it either live at the ground or on Paramount Plus. And that's really and that's really what it comes down to. Well, Laz, what else caught your eye during the past week? Oof, oof, so much, so much, Nathan. Actually, before we get into it, we getting, should yeah. talk about your mob, Real Madrid. Uh-huh. Like I know every season's a big season for Real Madrid. Uh-huh. And there's no small weeks. Sorry, I thought we were going to talk about Newcastle United for a second when you said my No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we'll talk about your uh your your Spanish cohort. Yep. As far as weeks go for Real mm. Madrid, mm. is there one bigger than this week? No. It's inc- well, uh, maybe not this season. Previous seasons I'm sure they have been big weeks from memory. <laughs> <laughs> and that memory evades me right now. But yeah, this is a big week. This is a big week. Because Liverpool in the morning and the class go on the weekend. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah you Monday don't get morning. two wins. Monday I think it's uh Monday morning the Classico. Yep. And mm. surely anything but a win on aggregate and a win against Barcelona is as is seen as a failure. Have to qualify Champions League quarterfinals. That's has to happen. Cannot get Liverpool back into this game. It's this tie. I, and look, I don't see it happening. I, don't, I mean, you don't know with this Liverpool series. If, if this was at Anfield and they were chasing three goals at Anfield, uh, then I'd be a bit of a nervous Nelly, right? Because yeah, it would yeah, that would be, I think the whole 90 minutes would be squeaky bum time mm. to use, uh, you know, one of uh, Sir Alex's uh, great uh, quotes. But at the Bernabeu, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Right? No, I don't see it either. Really. And and uh as for Classico, well, yeah, less said about that mob from Barcelona the better. Hey, they got lucky on the weekend against Athletic Club. Mm, they did. That they did. That they did. They got look, very lucky. Look, and all, look, you know, look, I I'm, all credit is, you know, is due to them. The team itself and, and Javi's done a great job with them, right? But do I think Real Madrid can beat them on, on Monday? Yeah, I do. I think they can. Will it mean much for the title race? Absolutely. And that's why I said to you a few weeks ago, it's not over yet in Spain. There's a lot of twists I think and it turns. is if they don't win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Twists and turns. Yeah. But like, you know, but things got nasty in Spain. Things have got nasty with between Ooh, Barcelona yes. and Real Madrid. There's a lot of feeling now with regard to the uh, bribery scandal there. And probably throw Atleti in there as well. 
Mm, mm. uh, It looks like everyone's starting to air their dirty laundry. Mm, Very much so. For those that don't know, the Barcelona scandal is this, that referees, or one of the directors of the Referee uh, Association in Spain or Federation in Spain, um, claims to have been paid. A company that he's a director of claims to have been paid by Barcelona from 2016 on to 2019. So, yeah, it, it doesn't look really good for Spain, for Barcelona <laughs> at this point in time, right? Uh, and, of course, you had um, Atletico Bilbao uh, supporters throwing fake one euro bills down the, <laughs> down the terraces at Barcelona. Which they Is cut it? out of the broadcast too. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, You've there's got been uh, videos made online, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, Barcelona visited Atletico Bilbao and they let them have it, basically. Um, and look. It was mafia printed on the one euro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now the thing is this. Barcelona did this because they believed that Real Madrid were getting advantages <laughs> from referees <laughs> when Nothing's been established. So with no Madrid, evidence whatsoever. That's right. So Real, with no evidence. So it's fair to say that Real Madrid took umbrage to that and have made it very personal. Oh, it seems like every club in the world has some sort of victim complex when it comes to referees and broadcast media, but that's taking it to a whole new level, isn't it? Mm. And there's been so many like little tidbit stories that have come out in, in the weeks since that have just sent you going scratching your head like, what? What? What's going on there? Mm. And one that I did have up in front of me, mm-hmm. and if we didn't come onto this, I would have brought it up later on. But it mm-hmm. is that La Liga received payments from an Iranian company considered mm-hmm. to have funded terrorism by the United States through a bank in Dubai. Wow! And it's just little tidbits like that. And look, these are unconfirmed reports. That one was from sure. a, a source called uh, OK Diario. But it's just the general vibe of it is the point that I'm making here, and it is just everyone airing their dirty laundry, mm-hmm. and everything's coming out it, now. It, it's not good. It's not good. And the Liga have done a, a really good job of act, of actually position, repositioning their league to try and actually make it a viable alternative and a sustainable alternative to the Premier League, right? Because the Premier League, everyone can concede that it is effectively the become the Super League that we were all fearing. But, um, yeah, uh, La Liga was definitely leading the charge in trying to position themselves a bit differently. And I think, by and large, they've done a really good job of that repositioning. But yeah, it's um yeah, it's definitely watch this space in Spain at the moment. It really is. And I'm not just talking about El Clasico either. Yeah. It's a it's a big week in Spanish football and mm. perhaps there's more off the field to come out as well because mm. uh, this is something that's just gonna rumble on and on and on. But there still are... it's not that big of a story, I feel. Like yes, in Spain it's a huge story, but in the general football terms, I don't think it's that seen as that big a deal. But this it... is basically Couchopoli. Yeah. Is it is it because we're English speaking and there's a bias towards the English Premier League rather than you know continental? There may football? be. You would have to go and ask people from Germany and France and Italy whether they feel the same way. But mm. maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But mm. this is one of the biggest stories in football at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Look, and as much as I don't like Barcelona, I have to give their social media team some credit with regards to a video that was done by Barcelona. Uh, with Lewandowski reading tweets about female players or directed to female players. And that was, yeah, that was eye-opening. And there's no, yeah. and, you know, and credit to Barcelona and to Lewandowski. And, and you could see his reaction was quite raw. 
And yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, and you, you can also tell that he was quite moved by it as well. He didn't mm. realize. Uh, I I think you could tell from the video that he didn't realize those sorts of things were ongoing prior mm. to the making of the video. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that he was quite moved by it. And look, these things are going to happen in football. Unfortunately, I don't really see a world where they don't happen anymore. And this, uh, it does hurt that it does still occur. But no, I, no. we can only try and stamp it out as much as we can and and hope that one day we can live in a world where these things don't happen because I can also point to some of the abuse that Kyle Walker-Peters has received this week. Sure, sure. Which is just as disgraceful. Yeah, I think what needs to happen is that, in particular with regard to the to the women's game, that we need to get the biggest superstars to actually do things like what Lewandowski has done, just to raise, you know, just to raise awareness and, and actually go, you know, take a look at yourselves. Yeah, online bullying is a thing, you know, and... and if you're mean, you know, if you're nasty and you've got nothing better to do with your time than send mean tweets, well, you know, you need to have a look at yourself, right? The but, thing is, it's Twitter more often than not that's yeah, as well. You know, but I mean, I just don't understand what goes through the mind of someone to actually go and tweet that to someone. I, I really don't. I, you know, I fail, I, I fail to understand that, but maybe I'm just an old bastard. So there you go. <laughs> Hashtag uh, old but... bastard, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the thing is, I... Uh, I'm not excusing in any way whatsoever. There's no excuse for it, Nathan, though. There is no excuse. But just maybe as a a partial explanation as to what's going on, I think it is just generally someone, an edgy teenager who thinks that it's somewhat funny or somewhat sarcastic that something like that, they don't actually think it. I'm sure there's some people who do think Uh, the the way that some of those messages and tweets and whatever are being said. But I think the vast majority of them are just people that are trying to be funny and missing the mark completely. Completely. And if and let's hope that that's the word. Yeah, that maybe that is me looking at it with, with some roast uh, in the glasses. I, I, yeah. I think you are right, but I'm hopeful, and and there's nothing wrong with that. And I wish that were the case. They're just some mean pieces of work out there, and they really need to look at themselves and actually realize what you know that um, there's so much more that that they can do with their time and with their energy. So, and just quickly, this is a football show, of course, but we had the incident with Latrell Mitchell in the rugby league last weekend. Yeah. yeah. Same story. I yeah, hundred percent. That that in that case, it's a fifteen-year-old, and look, perhaps I'm being a bit optimistic with the view, but I think rehabilitation and just pointing out that hey, it's not funny, don't do it. I'll be surprised if they actually did mean it, but maybe they I, do. And I, I think they should actually. Um, I think that that boy should uh, spend some time with uh, the troll because I think Nico Hines, one of the Cronulla players, did offer to bring him in mm. and do a bit of education because, and, and, and I think that's valid. I think that's yeah, valid. Absolutely. But look, we're about giving credit where credit is due in this show, Nathan. And full credit to those abusers. No. No. <laughs> no. Full credit to El Presidente. Oh. He got is it, it though? Right. Yeah. No, is he, it though? He, he got it right. He got it right. And for those that don't know fifa have announced overnight that the world cup will the 2026 edition of the world cup will be eight sorry will be 16 groups of four right 16 groups no. of four no i'm sorry 12 groups of four 12 groups of, oh sorry let's 16 try that again. 64 last it's yeah right sorry i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> long night it's been a long day i'm using that as an excuse cut you've got to get your abacus out <laughs> no i do jeez you know what? No, I yeah, yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't have it in front of me. I should check before <laughs> I read it. I read it earlier today, so we're going to mention that on the pod. That's why I sent it to you. Yeah. Mm. Let me try that again. <laughs> this is all staking. 
<laughs> no, I can't stay in. <laughs> ah. hey, yeah, yeah you said it with claws. It can. This is all it raw. Can. If you fuck it up, can. it's staying in. <laughs> it can. Jeez, it can. Only to hey, please you I, as well. <laughs> and I tell you what, if Napoli do fall and, away, fall to pieces in the morning, I'm taking that little bit of a clip and that that's going on. That can go at the end. Yeah, that can go at the end. <laughs> Sorry. So let's give it. So cut, start, no. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a fucking? You, you, you so, say cut start, no full whatever. whatever thing. <laughs> and there is no whatever. chopping here. <laughs> chop, chop, chop. No. Um, we've just wasted a minute of uh, valuable Zoom time. Yes, so- I'd say that uh, we like to pull back the curtain on the back peg, but uh, there is no curtain. There is no curtain. <laughs> just us red raw. No, um, you're right. Twelve <laughs> groups of four. Uh, I don't like this format either, to be honest. Oh come on, Nathan. It's better than 16 threes. Come sure. on. Sorry, that's sure. where I got the 16 from. For fuck's sake, seriously. I can't <laughs> believe I made that mistake. Yes, it's 12 groups oh, of four. Look, it's um, better than 16 threes. Yeah, sure. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%.
that's drawn on lots. Well, exactly what it was is uh, escape me at the moment. But yeah. anything, surely any, anything, literally anything is better than drawing of lots. I would actually suggest a playoff. Playoff, sure. If it has to come down to shots on target. Or corners. Send someone home on shots on target. It's Cor- better than drawing a lot. Corners. Corners. I can see. Non-penalty XG. Yellow, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> fuck, fuck XG. Seriously, it's <laughs> it's an overrated stat. Opposition but, presses per defensive action less. Send someone home on that. <laughs> for fuck's sake. But, <laughs> you know, corners. Just go old-fashioned, like, you know, corners, yellow cards, something like that. But, yeah. No, but it, oh. look, credit where credit's due. I'm glad they've done that. And for the, you know, I'm glad they've gone to the um, 12 groups of four. Laz, are they writing a wrong or was this a plan the, the entire time? No, they're writing a wrong because they fucked up. They tell everyone they've got a horrible plan. Oh, we didn't think it'd be this bad. And then, then they switch to the 12 groups of four. Oh, it's so much better. Our fever's are good guys. They listen to us. No, they, El Presidente got it wrong to begin with, but credit where credit is due. And that's, um, <laughs> they've righted that wrong. Maybe Let it be that. known that I still don't like the format. Okay. But no, I know something that you do like that caught my eye as well. Mm. 2030 World Cup bid. Spain, Portugal, and which country, Nathan, do you think has joined? Oh, it's not the Ukraine. They've been dumped not, out. And it's one that you've been pushing for, and you've been saying that this bid should be the bid that actually gets it. And I actually... Oh, did, I did not say that. I You're actually, putting words in my mouth. I here. actually agree with you. <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth there. Morocco are joining Portugal and Spain. And if this is the bid that wins it, good luck to them. And this should be the bid for the 2030 World Cup. Uh, it should be 2034. No. This should be the World Cup for 2034. Don't worry about sentimentality. This is the bid. No, no, because sentimentality is all we have. Football's romantic by, by nature. If football without romantism, romantism is nothing. You want to say romanticism or romantic? I do. I do. I want to say football without romanticism, if I can put my teeth back in, is nothing. (laughs) No, if if your fuck-ups are staying in the mind, do as well. Oh, (laughs) jeez. No, uh, look, I think that... um, Give me Chupa 2030. I mean, the name's fucked, Chupa. (laughs) Seriously. That's not an official name, you know. It's not? Did you no. Just, did you come up with that? Oh, thank God. I haven't come up with it, but I've seen it. Uh, but you've seen it, I was going to say. In, in, in Spanish, chupa means suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. On that Chile, note, Uruguay, yeah, Argentina, or Par- oh, Paraguay. Paraguay, yeah. 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 Mm, okay. Chupa means suck. Yes. Suck. <laughs> well, I think the name sucks. So, <laughs> Hey, it's better than the acronym for 2026. What's the acronym for 2026? No, you need to enlighten me. Just run through the countries. Can, Mex, USA, or USA, Mexican. Just the first initials. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 That's brilliant. And Chupa coming after Uh, North America 26? Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. you, you, maybe it should be the other way around. Look, we've got the expl- well, you've got the explicit rating game <laughs> on this show anyway, so yes. So no, I don't. It gives a whole note different meaning to come to the United States. Yes, to, for the twenty twenty six World Cup, then go to Chupa. See, this episode's gone a bit loose, Nathan. So you have to drag this back down. You know, dra- drag this back to a even keel and get us to a standard because this is uh, <laughs> the, the production values. Left. The production values have just gone to shit. <laughs> 
Oh dear. <laughs> how's it, you know, how are we gonna have attract guests if, with this kind of uh quality note? Hey, I think now that we're splitting it up into part A and part B. Oh, are we? <laughs> okay, fuck. It's, it's like the backpack after hours now. Okay. <laughs> well, this might be the backpack after hours given the time that we're recording. Uh, uh but but yes, getting back to it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Spain, Portugal, Morocco. Mm-hmm. So much better than Spain, Portugal, Ukraine, because with everything that's going on, I can't imagine Ukraine being in a position to host the World Cup in seven years, let alone the notion of having another country that is not geographically next door either. doesn't make any sense. It was only there as a bit of a, a way to garner more votes. Yeah, they did. yeah. And look, Spain, Portugal, Morocco is much better. 100%. Morocco has been bidding for every single World Cup since 94 or something. So it'd be great for them to finally get one. And they deserve it, considering the uh, jobs that they've done with World Club Championships and all that kind of stuff before. And the current national team getting to a yeah. to a third place playoff, it all yeah. falls into it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, fair. But still, I maintain that uh, South America should win for twenty thirty. Then I, look, I get the sentimentality of it. I understand that. At, look, that's the only reason too. But look, I have an issue with it being on the American continent again straight away. It's a different confederation, though. Sure, uh, yes, I understand that, but you know, it's still America. Sure, in, right, in it's vague South terms. America, sure, but yeah, uh, no, I, I think that what they need to do is, um, I think they need to go to Europe for the next one after this. Why though? After twenty twenty six. Why though? And then it can come to Australia for twenty thirty, uh, twenty thirty four. But and why then should go it go South, to Europe? In... Then go to South America after that. But why I've should it go to of... Europe in in twenty thirty? When the last World Cup in Europe was eighteen, yes, but the last World Cup in South America was fourteen. Okay, how many nations are in the uh, European? No, that shouldn't matter. It's a yes, confederation. It does no, it's confederation it does rotation. Hang on, it does matter. Even though the confederation rotation thing is they're looking dead in the water. Well, that's right. It, it has been because it's gone out. The like you said, it's gone out, right? But if they're going either you do that confederation rotation if you're going to do that which would mean that australia would actually need to wait now seven or what six world cup cycles before it can even consider being host no that's that's not right what i would suggest is this that we look at it that uefa is pro is the second largest confederation if i'm not mistaken in terms of members in terms of members i think afc yeah yeah afc is the highest one right so what i would suggest is that a weighting be given to you know the confederation that you are actually being that you're a member of, and that way you host it. Now, in the case of Australia and New Zealand, I actually think that if we're going to take the World Cup to other parts of the world, well, Oceania deserve a World Cup. Now, logistically, the only way they're going to host one is with Australia. So it makes sense for Australia to actually have the 2034 Men's World Cup. I completely agree with you that Australia and New Zealand should be a destination and, for a World Cup, and and, and, and I think uh, it, all and things think going be, well for. Yeah. The Women's World Cup in mm. in July, mm. that's surely going to elevate us up the pecking order a little yeah. bit. I think I think we need to um, push for that twenty thirty four because twenty thirty won't happen here. No chance, no right? chance. Uh, we're not we're not even you know haven't even registered a bid right. So, but I think twenty thirty four once the experience of the twenty twenty three Women's World Cup is surpassed us, um, you know, gone and 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 we can evaluate what actually went well and how well we did do because I don't anticipate any other result because Australia and New Zealand will do their best and set a really good standard for the Women's World Cup. Um, hard to beat Qatar for a World Cup standard <laughs> for future World Cups, although I think the only because of the 
fact that everything was the size so of the country relatively close together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whilst this, uh, you know, the next edition of the World Cup will be a more traditional World Cup in the sense that you can't get to three games in one day, but uh, it'll be just as enjoyable and it'll make those experiences memorable. So, so the thing is, it's a, it's gone the complete other direction now. It's mm. not even like a traditional World Cup. It's gone far mm. down the other end of the spectrum. And I th- I think 26 will suffer because of that. I don't think it'll suffer because they'll, they'll they just will put on a great show. <laughs> it's look, they'll put on a great show. The Americans will do such a great job. Likewise, the Canadians and, and the Mexicans. I mean, Mexico is a spiritual home, is a spiritual home of the World Cup, given you've had two of the most significant tournaments of the World Cup actually take place in Mexico, right? Um, yeah, it's it's a spiritual home of the World Cup. So I, I think it is. I do important. worry that there's going to be less mixing of cultures in 26 because it is so spread out. That, that's my one concern with this book. Yeah, but you've got 48 nations, right? Yeah, so, yeah there you go. Yeah. But so. getting back to the potential 20, 30, 40, uh, mm. 20, but the, <laughs> if I can put my teeth back in once again, getting back to the potential 20, 30, 40 for Australia New Zealand. And, and you think I'm old, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not 20, 40 something, it's 20, 30, 40. <laughs> no, 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 with your teeth, with your, having yes, to put your teeth back yes. in. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I, think you need to I don't to actually have dentures. But... I, I think you need to get, go to Jurgen Klopp's uh, dentist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But question for you. Yeah. Do you think the AFC would allow Australia to bid for a World Cup and throw the weight of the AFC behind the bid? Of course they would. Do you think so? Compared to, say, uh, a Saudi one, Arabian bid? 100%. Saudi Arabia, I look, I, I find it unlikely that Saudi Arabia will get the 2030 World Cup now. For me as well. I put them, well, I already had them as... My third choice out of the three bids, but but, but especially but, now that Morocco's come into the mix, yes, I think I that do kind think of they have dropped down things. in the pecking order a little yeah. bit. But hey, it's still FIFA we're talking about here, and look, it wouldn't surprise me if the Greek, Egyptian, Saudi bid came up trumps at the it end just of the day. Does not make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't make doesn't. sense. Like Greece and Egypt make sense because it's not too mm. far from you know it's only across the Mediterranean. But and throw uh, Turkey in there as well if you want. Yeah. But Saudi Arabia, nah. uh, it's just too far. It's just too far. But anyway, look, um, you know, football administrators will decide or, you know, the FIFA delegates will decide or the executive committee or whatever the case is. and yeah, Whatever they call themselves this week. Mm. And uh, basically football politicians will decide and that's uh, <laughs> yes. and that's where it'll go. And the rest of us have to put up with their decision. Correct. But that's because, okay. look, yes, I want Chupa 2030, but... If it you does want, go to you Spain, suck, Portugal, Morocco. You, you, you want suck 2030, do you? Yes. <laughs> if it does go Spain, Portugal, Morocco Shake my 2030, head. Shake I, my head. I'm not going to complain whatsoever. I'll be no, slightly disappointed not. that they've gone away from a sentimental option. But uh, yeah, no, nah, that's going to be a fantastic World Cup if it is in the Mediterranean area. We've spoken enough about what caught my eye, what's caught your eye this week. Oh, I did have a couple of things. Now, there's a, heap, a whole heap of stuff this week, which has been Oh, great. there is so much. Mm. And... Uh, I do want to have a quick mention for uh, David Brooks, mm-hmm. for one of the players for Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. He had a cancer diagnosis a year and a half ago, and uh, just this week found his found his way back onto a team sheet. So uh, Brilliant. hats off to hats off to David, Indeed. and uh, a job well done. And what about Sebastian Haller and uh, for Borussia Dortmund coming yeah. yeah. back from Same testicular thing. cancer? Mm. Oh, absolutely, just phenomenal. Stand and applaud. Yeah, phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic to see. Did you see Pep's quote this morning? Don't tell me about the Julia Roberts quote. Yeah, that's the one. 
Uh, okay, you may as well eliminate the backpackers. Oh, I didn't, well, I didn't want to give it attention, but there you go. I mean, but a lot of people. It's getting. Like, I'm not. You know, a lot of people like Julia Roberts, but there you go. It's getting airtime here on the backpack, and it will get airtime on Saturday night as well. But uh, Pep says that he's got three heroes in his life: Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Julia Roberts. Why Julia Roberts? Big fan of rom coms. Must be. That says a lot. Mm, hey, he's a romanticist. <laughs> but Julia Roberts came to Manchester, and this mm. is when City were at their peak mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pep's disappointed that uh, Julia didn't come to see Manchester City. So and she went says to the red he, half. He did. Uh, she did. She went to, to Old Trafford to see a game. Mm-hmm. And Pep said that uh, with with a heavy heart, he says that even if I win the Champions League, it will be a failure because of the disappointment of Julia Roberts going to Manchester United. Do you get the impression that bored uh, that Pep is, is bored and needs to do more with his time away from the ground? I'm loving this new Pep. New Pep. This is new. Oh, it kind of is. Kind no. of, with the English press, I think it is. Okay. By the last year or two, maybe. But he's having a bit more fun with the press. No, nah, give me Jose. Yeah. Oh, nothing beats uh, peak Jose, mid-2000s. They talked about Jose last week. That was just peak shithousery. True, 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 true. <laughs> and he put it out on his social media, something that's uh, in response to his band being upheld. Yeah, the the big uh, the cross mm-hmm. arms. Mm. Like, uh Oh, wasn't he it's doing a, it? No, he was doing a promotion. That was yeah. Uh, that was thanking Adidas and uh, his daughter's jewelry company and a couple of other people. Maybe also a message to the Italian FO. Yeah, but he could have chosen another arm signal, not that one. Not that one. Uh, he could have. Anyway, he's, he's the master of deception, Jose. Maybe you should have just said, uh, like, what did he say? I don't like to speak or something like that. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. That's right. <laughs> Maybe you should have come out with that line. So, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Going back to Barcelona. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I thought you would have caught this as well. Barcelona pauses Camp New fundraising. I haven't. This is why it hasn't caught my eye, because my eye has not yet seen it. Mm-hmm. Enlighten so, me. All right. So. Just quickly, I did see Gabby's uh, head slide tackles on the weekend. And what did you think of... Um, your new favourite player for Manchester United, Casemiro, and oh, his tackle. It's a red. It's a red. It Does it look worse in slow-mo? Everything looks worse in slow-mo. Exactly. But it's his own fault. Yeah. Yes, maybe slightly unlucky that his foot bounces up and catches the player, but if his foot's lower, it doesn't bounce up anyway. Mm. Well, it doesn't bounce up at all. So it is his fault. And look, it's been a bit of a rough six weeks for Casemiro. Two red cards after not picking a one at all in, what is it, 500-something games for Real Madrid. He's picked up two in six weeks for Man United. Maybe that speaks more to Spanish referees than it does the player. But, look, it's probably the roughest six weeks, um, certainly of his United career, perhaps his club career entirely. But, hey, if this is a rough spell and he still scores the winning goal in a cup final and makes a match-winning tackle against Barcelona in Europa League, it can't be too bad. Fair enough. No, that's fair enough. That's fair. So, Barcelona have paused plans to raise one half billion US dollars through bond issues to pay for its uh, Barca project, the Spy Barca project, which is it fundamentally involves a renovation of the Camp Nou, of the Spotify Camp Nou Stadium, and we love Spotify, obviously. I just right. see that uh, Rosalie is on the front of the shirt this weekend. Oh, really? Hmm. I didn't see that. So there you go. You'll Something see, you'll see it when you watch the Classico. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a, a Catalan. There's, yeah, okay. Yes. Mm. There you go. There you go. I didn't see that. Yeah. But okay. Because last time they had Drake, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'll tell you what, you've got something that caught my eye, but uh, we've gone on three different tangents already. Okay, cool. <laughs> no <on>. worries. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so basically they've uh, put a pause to it because uh, people have balked at the terms of the deal and um, they are going back to the drawing board, so according to the Financial Times. So that was something that caught my eye from a football business perspective. I'm not going to say football editage, but football business perspective. Can you unpull the lever, Lance? I think Barcelona have pulled too many things. So there you go. Making a rod for their own back. Absolutely. Absolutely. But La Liga needs them. La Liga does need Barcelona to be in there. Oh, absolutely. So does Real Madrid. Yes. They're pissed off at the moment, but they know that they need need their uh, eternal rival. So should we go to Colombia? And for those who are new to listening to the pod... Nathan and I, a little while ago, decided that we would follow two teams from not obscure parts of the world, but, you know, relatively obscure to us. Yeah, I think choosing a league that is not available to watch on television through any main broadcaster is uh, well and truly. You can label it as obscure. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So we've selected Colombia and Vietnam. But in Vietnam, they happen to be lazy bastards right now. (laughs) You've called them out for a couple of weeks in a row here now, Laz. Uh, oh, we might, come get, on. Uh, might, might, might get some uh, angry mail. <laughs> well, fair enough. International Post post takes a couple of weeks, so... Uh, hmm. I don't know if we'll get mail. Well, we, we'd be... <laughs> and you think I'm old, you're saying mail. <laughs> uh, I'd expect like DMs or something like that. <laughs> but it's true, they're lazy hey, and, bastards. And, and that's why you run the Insta. But it's true, they're lazy bastards. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what's happened the, there. Yeah, they started yeah. the season and then they're going to go on a six-week hiatus. What Some is it, four games four they played? Games. Yeah, that's right. So, my boys, Deportivo Cali had a draw mm, against Bucaramanga. One all Ooh. at home. There was a chance so, there for a win, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. There was. Wasn't to be. Wasn't to be. So, what happened to you guys? Well, we didn't play on the weekend. Again? No, but we played this morning, actually. Did you? Yeah, we played uh, midweek. Yes. Yes. I've just seen we that. went America to Cali. We went away to Independiente Santa Fe. And, and uh, yeah. Loss. Loss indeed. First loss for the season, I think. Second. Second loss for the season. Second loss go. for the season. I uh, did say when they were top of the table a couple of weeks ago that it was a bit of a false position having played more games than the teams around them. But uh, yeah, it's a bad result losing to Santa Fe, even if it is away from home because, uh, look, they're not really a team that uh, you'd expect to be in the hunt for the title. Fair enough. Fair enough. Who are your boys got on the weekend? Uh, I was actually just looking at that now. I'll just talk amongst yourselves while I bring it up. (laughs) 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 No, so we've got um, Deportivo Cali is away to Deportivo Pasto, and that will be Sunday morning our time. What are you expecting out of that? What am I expecting out of that? Good question. I'm Some entertainment? Well, no, I'm expecting a win. They need to start... You know, put laying a marker down. Turn need to catch my around. boys. <laughs> they need to they turn the season around, you know. So, and look, a win will uh, get them close to uh, where Deportivo Pasto is right now. So there you go. That's the beauty about still being early doors in a season. Yeah, One that's win right. They're only, yeah, what, seven games you in. You get propelled up the table. Yeah, seven to eight games in. So there you go. My boys, America to Cali, we're back at home. And we play against Alianza uh, Petrolera, Petrolera, who are a, uh, a team that are coming sixth at the moment in the or league. As I, and... Or as I would call them, Alliance Petroleum. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yes, should be a tough game. Should be a tough game for the boys. In, especially uh, especially against all, all that oil money. 
Mm, yes. <laughs> so, what are you looking forward to this weekend aside from El Clasico, Nathan? Oh, yes, El Clasico. Certainly one that's uh, catching the eye this weekend, but it's a bit of a uh, big weekend on the pitch. We have the Sydney Derby Saturday night. Yes, yes, yeah. Remiss of us not to mention that, actually, yeah. Third one uh, of the season. Yeah, and after the trouble of Rudan and um, Corica. Mm-hmm. That was only a couple of weeks ago, it feels. Yeah, it does feel like that, does it? Time's <laughs> getting away. <laughs> sure is. Hey, it's been three months since the World Cup. I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Mm. Crazy, crazy. Unbelievable. Crazy. So, yes, Sydney Derby Saturday night. If uh, you fancy going out, I'm sure uh, tickets are still available. I haven't seen that it's a sellout or anything of like anything of that nature, but uh, hopefully the weather holds out this time. Indeed. Hopefully. Uh, that's also, the case. yeah. Also, um, what I'm looking forward to is uh, Ajax Feyenoord, first first second in the Eredivisie. Oh, awesome. Awesome. And, Wish uh, we could watch that somehow. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. Uh, you and me both. Uh, also, Lazio Roma. Yes. Now, what type of shootouts are you going to see from <laughs> Jose this weekend? Ah, oh, some bus parking, some uh, sideline strutting. What time is all that sorts. on? What time is that on uh, locally? Four a.m. Monday morning. Four a.m. Monday morning. Four, yeah. Not great. Not great. No. They're certainly friendly at times. No, but um, yeah. Well, I was just just wanted to make sure it wasn't the same time as El Clasico. So seven no, a.m. Monday but- morning. Yeah, last year number four and El Clasico at seven. You could run all the way through if you fancy. Indeed. And uh, you have some uh, red eyes going into Monday. Into Juve is uh, on at quarter to seven as well. That it is. Yeah. Monday morning, which is yeah. uh, you know, worth keeping an eye on nonetheless, even allowing for um, for Juventus's problems at the moment. Yeah. And I don't mind that when there's a kickoff time that's 15 minutes apart, then you can do a bit more flicking because... Uh, both will be, I'm sure, able to watch on uh, Bean or KO, so uh, you can't flick during halftime. One thing we didn't mention, Will Steele, mm. 19 matches undefeated. And um, Ram, are, uh, they're at Paris, aren't they, this weekend, I think I saw? Uh, I believe they are. I believe they're at the Paris Saint-Germain. If, if he makes a 20, <laughs> what a story that'd be. So, yes, uh, for those yes. that don't know, he inspiration is, to us all. That's right. Well, and to those <laughs> who have played football manager, because he is unlicensed. Not not talking to you, Todd Bowley. That's right. <laughs> he he is unlicensed, and uh, his club are paying a fine in the order of twenty thousand euro per week because he doesn't have his UEFA Pro license. Incredible, incredible story, incredible story. I think important to note he's in the process of getting his Pro license. Yes, that's that's true. I think I saw that he's on course to get it in the next off season. Mm. But yeah, this is a guy who was. Yeah, I believe his first job in football was a bit of a data analyst for a club in Belgium, and they sacked the manager, and somehow he ended up on the sideline, and from there, he's uh, just come on leaps and bounds, and look, managing a mid-table club in France on a on a massive run, Incredible. like they are. Yeah, as you say, nineteen games unbeaten, and um, Arsenal lone striker Balogun pulling up trees, mm. and uh, yeah, wonderful things Will still is doing, and. He says his dream club to manage is West Ham. Could end up there next season. <laughs> hey, oh, hey. It could maybe end that's up worth, maybe that's worth a little bit of a little bit of a wager. <laughs> it could end up there next season. You wouldn't put it past him. No, I wouldn't put it past West Ham either. That's right. I think we've hit the back peg, Nathan. I think we have, Lars. I think we have. It's been it's, a great show. It has been a fun episode. It's got a bit loose at times. Yes. I am, I am worried about your mentality and your well-being. I think I need you to be a mentality giant next time. 
don't worry. Yeah, we don't haven't worry. Met, thank, and thank God we've hardly mentioned Manchester United in this episode. Hey, I was getting some numb flashbacks this morning with the oh, yeah. seven nil score line. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. Oh dear. And we didn't talk too much about referees either because uh my team's Man United and Athletic Club are on the wrong end of some uh close calls. Ah, oh, stop here. Stop it. I'm glad that the I'm glad the uh, Geordies uh, did come away with a win against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hey, it so, was almost a one-all draw. I almost picked it. No, no. I knew they were going to win. I knew they were going to win. <laughs> um, top four is still, you know, in their hands. Hey, and football. We didn't mention one other result. Bournemouth won Liverpool nil. Yeah, but I don't care much. What a, for what, a, what, a, what a sport. I, I, I don't care much for Liverpool. Hey, you will tomorrow morning. Yeah, look, I, I, like I said, uh, look, we are recording late on a Wednesday night, very late on a Wednesday night. We'll be up it's almost Thursday morning. That's right. It's almost <laughs> Thursday morning. And I just don't see it. I just don't see it. But Neither do I. You know, I, I don't want to give him the kiss of death, but geez, it, it would have to be, that would have to be that if Liverpool were able to turn this result around, wow, wow. They and get up it, for the big games. It would, go, it would be gobsmacking at the Bernabeu too, right? Mm. And we're talking about the weight of shirt. And I'm glad you actually mentioned it last week, right? Because it is a European concept that that the shirt weighs heavy. Mm. And there is no shirt that weighs heavier than the Real Madrid shirt. It's that simple. And the stadium. The stadium as well. Yeah. The pressure. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's nothing else really like it in world football. And there, there, some clubs have the, have a similar vibe and a there, similar there, feeling. Look, but there are clubs in South America that would have a similar thing. I mean, mm. in, like, you know. In Greece, it's saying that, it, like, there is a saying in Greece that, hey, the shirt weighs heavy, right? It's actually mm. part of the colloquial, you know, in 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 football, in the football vernacular in Greece, right? It's a common term. It's not something that's just said lightly, and it's not something that I actually I've heard a lot of people say with regards to, you know, that cover English football, for instance, like you know yourself or that have English as a first language. It's not some, you know, it's not a concept that actually is oh. said in English football that much. That the shirt wears heavy. I now do that, like, I, actually. I do hear it a fair bit when it comes to United, specifically with the number seven shirt. No, nah, but I we're do hear that about, a fair bit. Forget the number. No, but j- j- it's number, a similar sort of thing sure, when you consider number, no, we're George about, Best, David sure, Beckham, Eric Cantona, yada yada yada. What we're talking about though, when we say that the shirt weighs heavy, in particular mm. Real Madrid terms, and in the like, you know the way that it's used in Greek as well, is that it's actually about the club's shirt, not the number on the shirt. It's the club. It's the crest on the club, you know, on the shirt. That's the shirt that weighs heavy. So, you know, um, and Real Madrid is in in every sense of the word, the heaviest one of all. South America, I would say, yeah. Boca, you know, in Argentina, I would say Boca. You know, Boca Juniors in yeah, Argentina. Yeah, I tend to agree. Right. Yeah. Um, that shirt weighs heavy because of who wore the shirt as well. The, play, mm. the legends that have worn it, not the numbers, the legends, you know. Um, in Italy, Juventus. In Greece, Olympiakos. Like, you know, in in the Netherlands, I'd envisage it'd be Ajax that actually has the heaviest weighing shirt in in their league, in the Eredivisie, you know. You would be right, but it doesn't really stand out because Feyenoord and Pesvea are so close. Sure. They're so close. Just, I think Ajax haven't it, dominated to the extent that Juventus and Olympiacos have, or yeah. Bayern for that matter. Yeah. And yeah. yes, Ajax have won 36 league titles, but still, it is a big three. It's not a one and then some others mm. like we see sometimes in, as the Bundesliga referred to. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So and even so, when it's when it comes to Italian football, I don't know if I'd necessarily this would be a question for, for Claude's that mm. would the Juventus shirt weigh much heavier than Milan or Inter or Napoli? Mate, it does. Do you think so? Yeah, it does. It does. Look, there's a, there's a it, you know, and it'd probably be best to speak to a Juventus fan about it, right? Mm. And one comes to mind. But there's a reason why it's called the old lady. Milan and Inter aren't called that. Well, then you then you've got a bingo mate, don't you? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but then but the, but that's a really bad joke, right? <laughs> And please do not say those kind of things again. <laughs> no, but like, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, like Inter and Milan aren't referred to as that, right? Whilst Juventus is. So, um, and I can tell you, like Olympiacos, like you know, the, their supporters call the club legend, right? The legend, right? So you know, that's where, you know, that's where. Um, these kind of nicknames and play on that um, weight of the shirt. Absolutely. Anyway, Laz, I think we hit the back peg about 10 minutes ago. Yeah, so, we just hit, we just hit it again. Yeah, we've hit it again. I think it is time, high time we sign off and uh, yeah. uh, let the people have their ears back for the rest of the day. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for uh, joining thank us. Thank you very much for listening. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the back peg. Thanks to Claude again, uh, to Claude's for, um, for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, do check out their Born Offside podcast. It's really entertaining, actually. <laughs> uh, yes, it's part well, of my regular. We've had Claude's on. Yeah, and uh, we ought to get uh, Olan and Cat on as well. Yeah, it'd be good. Be good. <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it's uh, part of my regular listening, uh, weekly listening. It's uh, yeah, it's quite fun. Quite fun. So thank them. So thank to thank you to Claude's for his time, and um, have a good week. All take care. Cheers, everyone. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll speak to you soon.